Welcome to the Final Score Network and the Final Score Podcast presented by Team Anders Realtors. I'm Andy. He's former NCAA student athlete and co-host. Subscribe to us on Podbean, the Apple Podcast Store, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at TheFinalScore35 and TikTok at AGSpartanFan35. Oh, and one more note before we get started. I'd like to apologize to anyone I've not offended yet. Please be patient. I'll get to you shortly. Welcome into the Final Score Network podcast. We're in episode 157. Um, it's about 157 minus 157 outside, freezing cold. I uh, hope everyone's staying warm and um, just staying out of the snow because it's terrible. This is why we should move to Florida. Um, lots to talk about. We're on to the last eight in the NFL. Um, lots of college basketball stuff to talk about. Um, yeah, this is great. Um, keep the ball moving as always. Podium, um, make it quick. <clears throat> so um, my podium this week, I, I read an article. I think it was on, I can't remember if it was golf or golf.com, but it was like the headline was, is Rory the new so-called bad guy on the uh, in golf? And I was like, well, I don't, I don't understand this. So I read a little bit of it and it kind of went up how he's so outspoken was so outspoken about all this live stuff, and then now he's saying it's okay um, in the way that he has kind of sat out tournaments um, and, and stuff like that. He was calling out the Grayson Murray guy um, a year ago, and then he won the tournament the other day. Rory three-putted from four feet to lose a tournament that he was about to win. Um, I, I don't think he's a bad guy. Um, I just think that he's kind of become that face of the tour, but it was an interesting article. Um different perspective. Um, just thought that was something cool, different to bring up um, as we get into the golf season, which is kind of crazy to say with how it is outside here in Michigan. Yeah, it gets, po- I mean, guys at the top get polarizing. Uh, you know, you look at Tiger, he was polarizing. I couldn't stand Tiger when he was at the top of his game. And even now in retrospect, Phil is quite polarizing. And now I can, I can see why. So, all right, my podium, um, uh, an old, I would call him a friend. He was actually, you know, uh, we sponsored him. He was our spokesperson when I was back at Amway and Neutralite. Um, got to know he and his family really well. Spent a good amount of time with him flying around the country for for three years. And, you know, even visited his house and went to Hawaii with his family for a, a work thing and whatever. So I'll, I'll call him friend even once in a while a text, not like a close friend. But caught this video on TikTok of Kurt Warner. That's who I'm talking about. Um, Hall of Fame quarterback Kurt Warner talking about weather, weather for starters, W E A T H E R, uh, and saying whether games should all be either neutral site or neutral weather games. Uh, his point being like, look, I played in Arizona, we had good weather, but I had to prepare if I was going to go to a Buffalo. Obviously, not in the playoffs because they're not in the same conference, but you get the point. I'd have to prepare to go to these, um, you know, cold weather places. Um, you know, it could even be a Philly or something or, or whatever, New York Giants. Um, and how is that fair compared to they didn't have to prepare any differently to come to Arizona? I mean, first of all, they had a retractable dome, but his point was it's always warm there. So they don't have to prepare any differently, but I have to prepare. I can't prepare for that. They can prepare for that. So his point was in the playoffs, is that fair? 
It's actually a really fair point. Hadn't necessarily thought about it. I don't think you could ever make everything neutral. No way. Um, that's just not fair. Look at the difference that made for the Lions. I mean, I'm not I'm not saying that the Ford Field crowd is why they won, but it sure was a factor. I mean, we see it in college sports all the time. The, the home field advantage, it matters. That's why it's three points almost automatic, uh, you know, in Vegas and, and basketball and football. So I just thought he does bring up kind of a fair point. And maybe – Maybe a solution would be how the CFP is going to do it, which is, you know, the early round games on the road. And, hey, that's just the advantage of being the better seed. Um, and then maybe even the championship games uh, and and then the, in the Super Bowl, obviously, neutral site, warmer weather. Um, it's an interesting thing to ponder. I, I get it. Like Miami obviously had a, a pretty good disadvantage, but like you – Kansas City probably mostly practices inside. They don't practice outside when it's minus seven degrees. Like they don't get that kind of weather there all the time. Buffalo, yeah, they get snow, they get blizzards, whatever. Um, you know, but Pittsburgh gets weather too. I just like the other point would be everybody should have a dome stadium. No, taxpayers pay for that. That's not necessarily the answer either. So I just thought that was super interesting. I guess I don't. If I was going to have a take, it would be. Not for the not for the wild card or the divisional games for the championship games, maybe. Um, although if the Lions get to the championship game, certainly, and they get the home field, I would disagree with that. But um, that's a whole other story. So, just an interesting take on that. No huge opinion one way or another, but just thought it was you know it was an interesting viewpoint compared to people just complaining about the weather. Um, yeah, it's cold. Yeah, it's windy. Yeah, it's snowy. Yeah, it's rainy. That happens. Big deal. But the preparation part I thought was interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. Um, yeah, that's a good a good podium. I like that. Outside the box. Yeah, well, right, um, well, outside for me when I usually just like to complain about something during my podium. Yeah, I like it. All right, uh, time for a tee up. Um, you want to go ahead and? Uh, yeah, I'll tee this up. It, you know, we talk nice. about this every week. How Ryan and I have this conversation right before we go in the pod. You got something? No, you got something. I, I mean, there's nothing. I guess totally outlandish, but. I had this in my notes to talk about any, anyway, but I saw it today. It came across my phone and made me throw up in my mouth a little bit, the uh, proverbial, if you if you will, that Harbaugh, who is pretty heavily being rumored to be pretty much a lock for the Chargers, um, you know, is saying, kind of playing Michigan to say, I think in case the Chargers thing screws up, like he screwed up the Vikings thing a couple years ago, is saying – I'd consider coming back to Michigan, but I want total immunity from any trouble um, with investigations. First of all, that screams to me guilty. And second of all, uh, no, brother, you know, just because you won a championship that's tainted over the last couple of years leading into it um, doesn't mean that you're all of a sudden above everything else and you get immunity. That would be like Juwan Howard saying, well, I want immunity if I punch somebody again. (laughs) No, it doesn't work that way, dude. So it couldn't go any podcast without teeing up or flagging or or beating up on something Michigan related because they're just, they're just that easy to pick on because they're just that arrogant. Intolerable. Mm, Intolerable. Insufferable. Yep. All right. That is tee up for the week. We move to around the world, probably the last time um, for a while um, that we will have a college football um, dedicated spot. We'll just wrap up some stuff, talk about some coaching carousel. Um, Maybe anything else that's big that's happened here in the sport in the last five, six days since we spoke last, um, I guess, big, big thing, obviously, we, the day that we did it last Wednesday, uh, Nick Saban retired, um, 
boy, did they act quick on getting a new coach. It took less than 48 hours. Uh, Kalen DeBoer moves from Washington to um, Alabama. What do you think about that one? Yeah, I, was, I had my first note for this is, did Alabama get it right? I mean, I think... He's a really good coach. Yeah, I think he's a really good X's and O's coach. He's he's grown his way through the game. He's paid his dues. He's he's kind of done it at all the different levels, including low level, mid, you know, high major like in Indiana. Um, I think out of the guys that whose names came up, you know, Sarkeesian, I I don't know. I mean, he's doing good at Texas, but I, I'm not convinced he's any better than DeBoer, um, who is no. another guy that. Norva, yeah, like no, I mean, no, he had one really good year. He's yeah, been building, he's been rebuilding Florida State for the mess that they were, but no, um, I don't really think he would be any better. Um, I think the dynamic that um, DeBoer brings is that he's just it's a different offense, right? Nick is a kind of a throwback NFL guy. I mean, he's obviously had marched in some good OCs and and guys whose careers he's resurrected, but. You know, I, I think given the circumstances and who was out there, it tells me something that they moved that quickly. They didn't move that quickly to replace the best college football coach of all time just on a whim, right? Like they they either had an inkling this was coming or they had kind of a, hey, if this happens, we should kind of have a short list already ready that we can reach out to. That's my guess. There's no way it was a cold, oh my gosh, I'm surprised that Nick left. What are we going to do? Let's knee jerk it. I... And I think given what's out there, could they have maybe gotten like a Lane Kiffin? Yeah, sure, but I don't know. He's I, I'm not really convinced on him he's either. Quirky. Like he's yeah, he's he doesn't really fit, you know, he's not the Bear Bryant, Nick Saban persona. And DeBoer's a little bit more straight that way and you know, straight laced that way. And yeah, I mean I think he's probably gonna be a good hire. I think it's the hardest job in football. I just like I think it's gonna be really, really hard for you know, the old boy who's following Belichick and New England. I mean, it's it's not going to be easy. There's going to be a lot of pressure there. Replacing the greatest college coach of all time. That's kind of big shoes to fill. Yeah, it's not even close. I mean, that's how good Saban was. So, I don't know. I mean, I don't know, Ryan, if you have a differing opinion. but No, I mean, I, I, I echo that. Um, I think – I think there's it can go one of two ways. I think he can do really well there, or it could fail miserably, and he could be out in two or three years because um, they're not patient in Alabama. If you're not going to win a title or have you competing for a title, you're out the door. Right, and the key um, is is you they cannot expect him to just come in and be Saban. Like that's I, I said it last week on the podcast. The only guy I think that could come close to that out of the box would be an Urban Meyer. Yeah. Um, but I don't think he would have necessarily done it the right way. I think Saban did it the right way. So I think DeBoer, given the circumstances, was a good hire. Whether he was their first choice, their fourth choice, is neither here nor there. I mean, clearly it was a big opportunity for him, and he'll he'll get a chance right away to get in the spotlight. It'll be it'll be sink or swim. We'll see. Is he, you know, yeah. is he the kind of guy that's going to take off with it um, or or not? Um, you know, it, it, it'll just be, it'll be super interesting. Um, so let me he's ask really you the question. Staff, asking or jumping in real quick. They have, they, he's built a really good staff, brought Grubb with him from Washington. He's got South Alabama's coach um, is going to be their DC. He was Indiana's DC when he was at Indiana. So he's mm-hmm. leaving a head job to be a DC at Alabama. Then he's hiring uh, Buffalo's coach to be another defensive assistant for them, which is kind of crazy. Wow, yeah, and I mean South South Alabama won their bowl game too, right? Didn't they? 
Yeah, they were a good team this yeah. past season. So let me ask you, flip side, did Washington get it right? Because certainly they hired quickly. They didn't wait. And you can't yeah, wait, right? Fish. Yeah, spring football is coming up, and, and they're still the second part of the recruiting and transfer portal is still open, although I'm I don't get the semantics of the transfer portal because classes have started almost everywhere in America. Don't you have to be in school to practice? I, I don't understand that. But um, but do you think they got it right? Um, yeah, I mean, they had to act kind of quick. Um, I, I don't know. I, I'm glad that Mission State hired Jonathan Smith when they did because I think that this would have been a job that he would have been very interested in since he coached there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I think he's fine. I think he's a good coach. He turned Arizona around pretty good, good offensive line. He'll probably bring his quarterback with him. Um, Arizona is pissed because they thought they were going to have something good going, going to the Big 12 with him, kind of building their program up. And now they had to change, and they got San Jose State's coach. I mean, this just causes these yeah. coaching hires. Yeah, the domino so effect, right? <laughs> somebody, somebody gets screwed somewhere. Yeah, and I mean – then jump into Harbaugh. If Harbaugh jumps ship, like Michigan just replace him with Sharon Moore. Do they go outside? Like, what are they going to do? Like, that's going to create even yeah. more collateral. It's crazy. Yeah, that's true because it's not like I mean, who, who, they're not going to go raid anybody from the SEC. So who are they going to get? Is Dabo Sweeney going to leave? Dabo Sweeney costs more money to leave Clemson than he could make somewhere else, and he's a Southern guy, so he wouldn't go there. So like, who who are they going to go get? They're going to. You know, unless again they hire from within, but nobody that in the Big be, Ten. There's nobody in the Big Ten that's going to leave and take it. I mean, you know, you know, there's no way an Urban Meyer, nor would they want him anyway. Like I, I and I never even heard Urban Meyer's name for Alabama to be honest. So, um, no, I, yeah, it, that's a really good point, and you know that that decision will loom here fairly soon, I would imagine. So. Yeah, for sure. Um, any any yeah, NFL declarations that surprised you over the last couple weeks? No, I think everyone who I thought would Michigan. I mean, McCarthy's gone. Thank God. Um, some other guys are leaving Michigan. They they're gonna have a lot to clean up. I mean, they're they're well coached. They have good players, obviously, but they're losing a lot. Um, yeah, Corum. I mean, I think Corum was a senior, a fifth year anyway. JJ declared, and I saw something today that said, "Should the Vikings take him?" Whether they re-sign Cousins or not to be maybe the heir apparent there, um, that would be interesting as a as a Cousins fan to see him have to mentor the frat boy that I want to punch in the face all the time when I love Kirk Cousins. <laughs> you know, we'll yeah. see. That's a long ways away the draft, but yeah, a lot a lot will happen. Between, but no, not really. I didn't see anything too crazy. Um, no. no other big transfer so. portal moves. I mean, Judkins left Ole Miss, which was kind of a surprise, yeah, and ended up at Ohio State. Going to Ohio State. Um, trying to think if, any, if anything else has happened. Um, not really. I think a lot of the portal stuff was last week. I mean, you'd think spring ball, after spring ball, will probably be a decent influx as well. Um, that Will Rogers guy's kind of screwed, though, from transfer from Mississippi State to Washington. Um left or since DeBoer left he doesn't know what he's going to do he went up to Washington rolled and then his coach left um yeah and I mean he he warmed up on the sideline in the national championship game like I this is why Ryan if you remember when we talked you know when you were being recruited I'm like go to this choose the school not the coach I mean the coach matters obviously because the coach is going to develop you you have the relationship with the coach or the assistant coach that totally is a part of the equation but if you solely commit on the coach and they leave, you're 
you're not guaranteed anything. So like he should have gone to Washington because he saw it as an opportunity to go to Washington and have success. Um, right. So it'll be interesting to see where, where does he go? I, you know, I have no idea. Um, and then the last one for college football, just to finish up college football, unless you had anything else is who is your way too early preseason number one for next year? Georgia. Yeah, that's what I was going to say too. Yeah, that's, a, that's a cop out, but no, but they have a lot of guys coming back, and let's face it, had this is why the twelve game, twelve team playoff is going to be great because I think that Georgia was the best team all year. I think Alabama played a great game and beat them. It. I I think that they're. I think Georgia was better than Michigan. We'll never know because they didn't play, but um, that's that's my opinion, and I'm sticking to it. So yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I can see you know Georgia. Oh. Ohio State's gotten a lot back. I, I guess I forgot that. They've got some decent guys to come back. So it could be really good. Oregon, Texas, I think those are your four teams that you look at and you go, wow, they're going to be really, really good right, um, right. next season. All right. Spot two and Big Ten Power Rankings are presented by Norris Sports Group. NSG is a boutique agency of experts with 30-plus years experience in sports sponsorship and much more. Learn more about them today at norrissportsgroup.com. We'll shout out to our boy, Tyler Cooper, VP of sponsorships over at the Big Ten, um, and worked with him when I was in sponsorships at Amway, and we had the coaches poll and showed a picture of uh, my boy, Bill Norris, from Norris Sports Group, handing the um, the crystal ball coaches trophy to Jim Harbaugh. I would not have wanted to partake in that if I was still working on the sponsorship myself. Amway is not the sponsor anyway, but... Um, a little FaceTime for Bill, whether it was uh, on purpose or not. So shout out to Bill for that. Um, I know, Ryan, we were comparing Big Ten power rankings real quick. I'll run through mine, then we can kind of run through the Big Ten and see how our starting fives doing. Um, not a whole lot of change for me week over week. I, I know Michigan had a nice win yesterday, but I saw Michigan dead last in the Big Ten. I just, they I mean, They're they, terrible. They won at home because their best player gets to play at home, but he doesn't play on the road. That's the dumbest punishment I've ever heard. They're not a good basketball team. They're horribly coached. Penn State, number 13. thing is, is I think Penn State's actually got a decent squad. Uh, they just can't quite put it together. Um, Iowa, 12, although they've been surging a little bit here lately. Rutgers, 11. Uh, Michigan State handled them pretty easily this weekend. Uh, Minnesota 10, um, they're probably kind of falling a little bit, coming back to earth a little bit. I think it was Iowa at Minnesota beat them yesterday. Maryland, number nine, they had a nice win at Illinois. Um, they had a nice comeback win over Michigan the other day. Um, they're starting to play a little bit better. I mean, I didn't realize they were picked in the top four in the Big Ten preseason. They've been kind of disappointing. I've got us right ahead of them at eight, but but potentially climbing. I mean, we had the, the two-game skid with Northwestern and Illinois, it's not easy to win on the road, so I get it. The Northwestern game, to me, is still inexcusable the way we played. We played much better against Illinois. Um, we can talk about that in, coming up in another spot. I have Nebraska still seven, mostly because they beat us. Ohio State six, although they lost to Michigan Monday. Just goes to show you how hard it is to win on the road. Uh, Indiana five, and they were getting – they made a nice little valiant yeah, they're effort. Good. They're getting throttled at home by Purdue. They made a little run at the to cut the lead in half – or better to start the second half against Purdue tonight, but Purdue is absolutely wrecking them. Uh, so I, I have Northwestern at four. I dropped Illinois to three. I think Wisconsin, as I've watched them more, is the clear second best team in the Big Ten right now, um, and Purdue number one. Yeah, um, very very similar to yours. I, I 
from 14 to 1. I got Michigan, Rutgers, Penn State, Minnesota, Iowa, Ohio State, Michigan State. I, I dropped Ohio State from like 5 to 9. They're they're awful. I watch a lot of that game. They're, they have no cohesiveness. Um, I think Holtman's on the hot seat. You think so? I, yeah, if they don't make the tournament, he's he might be SOL because they've, they've been underperforming. I mean, hell, even the year that they – were the two seed they lost to freaking Oral Roberts. Yeah, you know, they're two and four. So you're right. They're Michigan State, Ohio State, Penn State are all two and four. Ohio State's twelve and five overall. Um Michigan Michigan is actually also two and four. Rutgers is one and four. And then you got Maryland three and three, Iowa three and three, Minnesota three and three, Nebraska three and three. I mean, Wisconsin is actually five and zero, oh, and they have a two game lead on Purdue. I don't know if they play yeah, twice I, this year or not, but um, Wisconsin's a nice team. It's pretty telling, though. There's only three ranked teams in the Big Ten right now, and Indiana's clearly on their way to four and three here. Um, so you got another team with three losses. You know, the title is, I think, is to bed for Michigan State for teams with four losses because I just don't see Wisconsin and Purdue. I don't see like Michigan State, for example, not losing again, and I don't see Wisconsin and Purdue losing much more than four or five times, to be honest. So, um, yeah, it'll, it'll be super interesting the way that the Big Ten continues to play out. We've got Wisconsin, Penn State tonight, um, Nebraska, Rutgers tomorrow. You know, Nebraska's thirteen and four. They they just need to keep getting wins. It's on the road though. Rutgers, Jersey Mike's is a tough place to play. Maryland goes to Northwestern. Maryland's been playing better. Obviously, Northwestern's. Uh, pretty tough at home, odd yeah, considering nice half their fans usually for the game or for the opposing team. Um, Thursday, you got Minnesota at Michigan State. You got Illinois at Michigan. Um, Friday, Indiana at Wisconsin. That could be a good game, although the way Indiana's yeah. playing tonight, maybe not. And then this weekend, you got Penn State, Ohio State, Purdue, Iowa. Uh, Iowa's always a tough place to play. Northwestern at Nebraska, that's a little bit of a – of a game for seeding positioning already for Big Ten tournament time. And then you got Michigan State at Maryland on Sunday. Big one. A, a nooner. That's kind of an early game for a roadie. And then you got Rutgers at Illinois. Um, Illinois kind of came back to earth the other day against Maryland um, after they played really well against Michigan State. So be interesting to see. It's bound to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, college basketball in general is insane. I mean, we've been saying all year, eight out of ten ranked teams lost last week. I mean, eight of the top ten, AP top ten lost last week. That is ridiculous. Right, yeah, UConn like, shot that, all the way back to number one. Of. Yeah. That's almost unheard of. Like, that's never, that had, I think the last time that happened was like 1964 or something like that. Like, in something insane. Like, that, it was crazy. And we've been saying it, but the, the NCAA tournament is going to be madness. It's going to be a wild ride. I mean, I don't know if... I don't know if there will be as many like Florida Atlantics and San Diego States and even Miami's, you know, the really unexpected Final Four teams. But I think there's there's a lot of teams that have shots at the Final Four. It all will depend on matchups and Michigan stuff. Michigan State, and, if they can get to the tournament as like a anywhere from a five to a eleven seed, could mm-hmm. be a team that could catch fire. I mean. Yeah, you know, you always want the better seed, but I, I almost wonder if this year it really doesn't matter nearly as much because there's not, there's not one team that you look at and go, no way, I don't want to play them. I mean, North Carolina is playing really, really well right now. UConn obviously is really well. I would say those are the two teams, honestly, that I would want to avoid at this point in the season if I was somebody yeah, there's, else. There's no – I mean, Houston was looking like that team in 
they had had two losses in the American Conference in the last three years, and they already have two Big 12 losses in their first three games. Yeah, it's amazing what happens when you play in a tough conference. How did uh, How's our starting five doing? I uh, have not updated since yesterday's games, but as of um, Sunday, I have a, <laughs> a bit of a lead on you by 150 points. Yeah, you beat me every year in this thing, so maybe uh, this is why I don't do fantasy sports. I'm clearly not very good at picking <clears throat> picking these teams. Well, we both had to make substitutions, obviously, um, for idiots. Yes, Shannon and McDaniel. Well, shame on me for picking a Michigan guy to begin with. That should have been my first red flag. Doug, D-U-G, because he can't, he doesn't know how to pronounce his Yeah, Dig, um, Dig Doug McDaniel. All my 80s friends will know the reference to that, Dig Doug. Well, all right, anything else uh, college hoops-wise you want to chat about? I don't so, oh, did you? There was an article. I, this kind of goes into Michigan State, but I thought it was. Oh, Gonzaga. How about this? We'll, we'll talk about that in Michigan State. Gonzaga, um, a bubble team for the first time, like ever, in Mark Few's tenure at Gonzaga. They're they're not very good. They're if the tournament started now, they wouldn't be in it. Yeah, they had a long reign of uh, AP top twenty-five snapped, right? To, Seventy some weeks. Have to win, they're going to win the uh, win their conference tournament if they're going to get in because I don't think that's a two-bid league this year because um, St. Mary's is not as good as they have been. They were supposed to be really good, and they're like 12-6 and six right now, and 12-6 and six in the West Coast Conference gets you to the NIT. Yeah, exactly. By the way, Purdue just polished Indiana by 23 at oh, Assembly Hall. For God's sakes, they're good. Got they're back really for the two good. losses that they had last year at Indiana. Indiana just got yep. absolutely run. They wanted blood. Yep. It's all right. Purdue will lose to Fairleigh Dickinson or Cornell or somebody in the big dance. Right. Exactly. That is exactly right. Um, I don't have anything else if you don't. All right. Moving on to spot three, hodgepodge, mailbag golf. Uh, We did not get any Mitchapalooza submissions this week, Um, but I threw some questions in there for us to talk about. Do you want to talk golf first and then get to some questions? Yeah, we can talk about golf. Uh, Sony Open, YLI Country Club. Seems like that one always uh, comes to a playoff. It does. It's always down to the wire. It has been the last four, three years they played it, which we love. Um, oh, oh uh, Grayson Murray, first win since 2017, I think it was, or something. He uh, made a bomb on 18. Yeah, 39-footer. After yeah, in um, in the face of uh, An, who had stuffed at the four feet and you thought was a shoe-in, and then even a shoe-in to – we were flipping to the Lions game, obviously, but the, um, we thought maybe he was a shoe into at least put it into a second uh, second playoff hole, and that right seems at like the very least that 18th hole is kind of a cool hole for a playoff hole, and it seems like they have a playoff there every year. Yeah, that was a good tournament. It was fun. Um, some decent names up there, which which made it interesting. Um, but yeah, congrats to Murray. He went through um, alcoholism. He said he thought he was going to die, um, and he's been sober for eight months. So good for him. That's that was back to back tournaments with former. Um, alcoholics winning that are that are now sober, so um, good for them. Yeah, he gave a lot of credit to the uh, Jimmy V speech about not giving up um, as kind of his quote that he would always go back to. So, and good for him. They got it right. They kind of found found their personal relationship with Jesus and religion, and mm-hmm. you know, sometimes for those guys, that's what it takes. They got to hit rock bottom to come up and have a good support group along the way. Another really cool story I thought from Sony was. The return of um, uh, Gary, Gary Woodland, Woodland. Yep. 
Yeah. He had kind of a crazy, scary year last year where he just wasn't feeling right and had a tumor on his brain. Fortunately, that was benign, but he was having seizures. He was like, and it was sitting on this. I listened to his interview. It was really interesting. Like this tumor was sitting on a spot in his brain that was causing him like, like that where your brain triggers anxiety and some of those other related things. And just, he just had so much fear and anxiety um, all because of a tumor and like just, you know, fairly young, obviously won the U S open not too long ago. Um, just a good, just a good dude. Like he's a likable guy. And so it was really cool to, to, you know, see him emotional and see his story and see his return. You know, that's, it's, it's an opposite kind of a good story, but you know, I love those human interest stories and, you know, golf is such a grind and it's just you, right? Like you're not, yeah, you play with your buddies and whatever, but at the end of the day, it's how much practice you're putting in and how much time you're putting in and, you know, and you get that taken away because of a health thing. You know, even think of a guy like Wills Altoris, you know, broke his back and was out all last year. And the grind he's got to be on to get back. Like, that's always, that's one of the things that intrigues me so much about golf. Or you got like the Michael Block story or whatever. It's just, there's always some cool anecdotal story. But I was I was really happy because I do like Woodland anyway to see, to see him back at it. Yeah, no, that was awesome. Um, speaking of Blocky, Blocky's playing this weekend in the Amex. He oh, qualified. Nice. Oh, he qualified. Nice. Yeah, for being the Southern whatever PGA of California winner or whatever. Um, brings us to the Amex. Interesting tournament played on it's three different courses, isn't it? Yes, I, I think, think it is three different in, uh, courses. In yeah. Palm Springs, good Lord, would I love to go there and just play <laughs> golf for days. Um, that no looks kidding. So, those courses are beautiful. Especially at this time um, of the year. Oh. It looks warm. It's so fun. The, the courses are cool, too. Very pretty, um, interesting, different designs. Um, it's always a, a fun watch. Um, Rom won last year. It obviously was on Lib, so he won't be defending. Um, some big names in it, though. I think Scotty's playing, JT, um, Cantlay. Um, so some, some big names. Um, I'm going with two under-the-radar guys, though. By the way, last week, my guys finished combined sixth. Uh, and on should have won. Nice um, work. That sucks. Nice work. Yeah. How, how about um, my guys? Not as good. Sixtieth. Oh yeah, not not so good. Um. All right, my two guys, Ben Griffin. I think he played pretty well last week at the Sony. I think this mm-hmm. guy's due for a breakthrough. Um. Yep. I like him. I always watch his TikTok. Yeah, I do too. That's fun. Yeah. Yeah, he's good. he's a good guy. Then my other one, Lefty Southpaw from Scotland, Bob McIntyre. He played well at the end of last year. I think he's got a shot at it. I'm going to go with Tony Finau. And I don't think he's played particularly well lately, but I feel like he's played well there in the past. Sam Burns, pig nose. I, I can see that. Um, Finau's amazing. He's the resort course champion of the world. So yeah, he should do good. Um, yeah, it'll be fun. Definitely tune into that if you want to watch some, some cool holes. I think there's a, an island green on a Pete Dye course there, which is pretty cool. There's a Nicholas course they play as well. Yeah, Stadium um, West, right? PGA Stadium yeah, West. PGA, yeah, PGA La Quinta, California, I think is what it actually is. But um, yeah, that's all, all the golf I have. Um, all right, so I got a golf question for you from Mailbag. Uh, do you care if U.S. Open champ Wyndham Clark goes to the Live Tour? No. I, I, he's, he had, he's had two good tournaments in his career. I mean, he, I'm sure he's a good guy, but I, I don't care. Was that, is that a rumor? Yeah, that's a big rumor that I saw. I, I mean, 
look, here's it kind of goes in my next question is does guys bolting for the live tell you what it tells me? And that's that there's not going to be a combination league. Like, would this still be a thing where Rom and these guys are leaving for live no. for dirty money? If there's really going to be some sort of a merger, I just don't, I don't see it happening. I, I just, I don't see it. Happening. I just hope it doesn't mean the end of PGA because I do not want 54 hole tournament shotgun starts. Like that stuff is cool for you and me to go play in. I don't want to watch that. I don't want to watch like that. That's supposed to be for the rowdies at te- you know, at um, the waste management and you know, like the AT and T. Pebble Beach Pro-Am, that's a little bit, you know, a little bit more cash. I don't need, like, every weekend to be casual. I'm I'm sorry. That doesn't grow the game for me. If it grows the game for you, fine. Go go play putt-putt golf. Like, I I like PGA golf, like, where they're playing it, not in a shotgun. I don't have to think, oh, that guy's on the seventh hole. Oh, it's really his, you know, whatever, his third hole. I like – right. And it just tells me that these guys leaving tells me that there is no deal – I think that was the PGA's way to quell the, um, you know, to quell the lawsuits because, frankly, the PGA doesn't have all that dirty money to throw at things. And, you know, where are they going to get it? Sponsors aren't going to just keep open up their pockets. It's just not how the economy works. So, because even, you know, sponsors like Farmers Insurance after 2026, they're dropping the they're dropping the, the Tory Pines that they've had since 2010. You know, and I mean, they don't have Ricky anymore either. Like they're getting out of the kind of the sponsorship game or at least out of the golf sponsorship game, which is the cycle, right? Like I, I was in it. I get it. Like you kind of you kind of get your max you squeeze out of something and then you move on to something else to give you some notoriety and whatever. But, you know, some of those notable sponsors are going away. I don't know. I just I'm I really don't care when guys go to the live because they're dead to me. I don't I've, I have no interest in watching it. I won't watch it. I refuse to watch it. Even if the PGA was off for that weekend, it was on like I don't want to watch golf that bad. <laughs> um. All right. So here's a here's a good one for you. I'm shifting gears a little bit. A pick two. Well, I guess this is still golf. Um, You might have seen this in the photo stream, Ryan. Just saw this tonight on TikTok. So golfers, you can only pick two. One, play Augusta National once. Two, a free golf vacation anywhere you want. Three, never make a double bogey ever again. Four, unlimited golf balls. Or five, play around with Tiger. Pick two. Um, I'd probably say... I'd probably say number two, the free golf thing, because I would do a freaking week overseas and mm-hmm. go just ham. Yep. I don't know. That, that's a good question. I like that. I'd go play Augusta. I mean, hey, of course, everybody wants to play there. And I would go free golf vacation, too, for the same purpose. Because, like, here's the thing is never make a double bogey. Do, do they piss me off when I play? Yes. But then I wouldn't have anything to bitch about. I guess I, that doesn't mean you couldn't get a triple bogey or a quadruple bogey. But right, exactly. um, unlimited golf balls, I mean, we live on a golf course, so technically we pretty much have buckets of unlimited golf balls if we really want them. doesn't mean they're all good. But And then play around with Tiger would be it'd be fun. Like I watched the, you know, the, uh, what's that podcast? Four the play. Foreplay podcast. That was pretty cool stuff that I watched on TikTok. I'm sure it was elsewhere on social media too. It would be It'd be really cool, but that's just like a, and that's an experience, but I would much rather go and play like two rounds a day for seven days in Scotland and Ireland at, you know, the Rota courses or, you know, like go to Bandon for a week and play all like that to me appeals more than like one 
four hour experience. Right. No, I agree. All right. Here's another one for you. So this is where I switch gears. So I re read this last week um, on Bleacher Report because I don't follow anything ESPN anymore. Uh, and I thought it got my attention because obviously the headline did. And it was eight proposed rule changes for college basketball. Some this writer has thought out more than others. But I thought, hey, let's go through them and see what we agree. Number one, uh, a shot clock on monitor reviews. Yes, absolutely. 100%. Like the the mincing of – and I get you want to get it right. But like how about you have an eye in the sky who's already looking at it real time and can kind of buzz you – quickly to say, hey, give this a look rather than reviewing everything every time inside of two minutes because a player waves his finger like he wants you to check. It takes too damn long. It's ridiculous. The college game, and this is, we always talk about this in football, how long it is. Like an NFL game is three hours and 15 minutes, almost lock, stock, and barrel. College football is the same damn game, and it takes four hours. College basketball is similar. I don't watch NBA anymore, but college basketball takes way too damn long, mostly because of that. Um, here's a really interesting one. This one would have appealed to you as a player, I'm sure, Ryan. Erase one personal foul at halftime. So instead of going to six fouls, stay with five, but let's just say you got three fouls in the first half, you start the second half with two. I mean, it'd be nice for me. The idea would be you keep your, keep your studs or your key players on the court longer. Yeah, I mean that's that's good, but it's also like don't fall. <laughs> well, right. Or or would it be like the NBA rule? And I don't necessarily like it because I don't like things that the NBA has. But six fouls. I mean, that's the other alternative. Frankly, honestly, I mean I can see the thinking here, and I certainly as a dad with a kid who get fouls for screening thirty feet from the basket, I would have loved to see a foul race so you could have gotten some of those key moments back in your career, but. Um, I'm, I agree with you. Just don't foul, right? Right. Like yeah. play good defense. Don't foul. I'm old school that way. Um, yeah. funny they show a picture of Zach Eady who never gets freaking called for fouls. Uh, get rid of the possession arrow. This has been one forever where they say instead yeah, of the possession arrow, do a jump ball. Yes. I think that's, that's not going to slow the game down. Honestly, I mean, a smidge maybe, but I think that's going to be more interesting and you shouldn't just... Like, if a defensive team ties a guy up, why shouldn't they get rewarded? Um, you know, if it's, like, late in the game and you need the possession and you made a great play and they call a jump ball but you don't get the ball, that's not fair, right? So I, I definitely agree with that one. Um, I like this one. Mandatory true road games in non-conference play. Yes. It's a good tester. Yeah, because, I mean, even Michigan State, you know, I mean, Michigan State's played a lot of true good true road games over the years. Generally speaking, most of their biggest games are mostly neutral. Like Duke this year was neutral. Baylor this year was neutral. Like, So I get the purpose of those in the preseason tournaments, but I would love to see everybody have to take it on the road once and get these home-and-homes. Like Michigan State should play not like the ACC Challenge was, but Duke home-and-home, home, North Carolina home-and-home, home, Kentucky home-and-home. Home. Like I, I liked the neutral sites, but why not Why not give, give those games to your fans a little bit? Um Next one, switch from halves to quarters. No. They said that only high school, NBA, FIBA, and women's games all use quarters. Men's is the only one they, they say is the lone weirdo. I think it's unique. I like it. I don't understand. What's the difference? Like, so what? It's still, it would be two 10-minute quarters instead of 20. Like, I, I don't, no, I don't like it. I agree. I think it's dumb. I like it's unique. 
uh, and it just, it works for me. Why change it? Um, here's a big yes for me. Eliminate the back-to-back -back media timeouts. I talk about this with Dob and Chris on text all the time. That's awful. Like, especially, we saw, I want to say it was in the Rutgers game, uh, Michigan State game the other day, where Rutgers called a timeout with, like, let's say 8.06, and at 7.56, it was right back to another timeout. If there's a timeout at 8.06 because the team calls it or whatever, that's your timeout. Like, I, that, that's part of the culprit, and I get it. Like, Polo always says it's because we're, we're naive, dumb consumers, and we're going to watch it no matter what, and so we're paying for it, basically, because we're sitting there watching the ads. It's become a, a, an ugly experience, especially when you make us pay to get these apps. Like I have Peacock running right now to watch Big Ten basketball. Like, how is that fair? I'm paying for that, and I have to sit through a game that should take hour and 45 minutes, taking two hours and 15, two hours and a half. That's ridiculous. Um, two more. Advance the ball on a timeout. That is a hard no for me. I hate that in the NBA. Um, yeah, what? Dumb. Why is that? Why is that an advantage? No, you should have to fight your way up the court. Like, I I hate that. Agreed. And then the last one was, uh, oh, the Elam ending. I didn't read that as much. I know they were toying with that. Maybe they did that in the NIT the other day. Um, I don't know if you really remember that or not. No, I don't It's been kind that. of talked about off and on over, over the last decade basically it says the long and short of it is that after the dead ball which causes the second half's under four media timeout the clock is turned off and a target score is set typically seven or eight points greater than the leading times total point at that point um, and then it's a race to that so let's just say michigan state's winning 63 to 58 with four minutes to go clock goes off and it's a race to 71 dumb I, I agree. First of all, it'd be way too confusing. And second of all, why? Why do you need novelty like that? That just seems like garbage to me. So again, this was just one writer's opinion, but I thought that was kind of a fun uh, a fun one to debate about, especially from a basketball standpoint. All right, a couple more that I had. We talked about this a little bit up in the football section, but where does JJ end up drafted? Is he a first round guy, do you think? Probably just because of his school, but I, I think he should be a second rounder. Yeah, I'm not really I'm not sold compared to some of these other guys that are coming in. You know, maybe his measurables will be different when you get him outside of the Michigan style offense. I'm not really sure. I just I don't like him either. But how about Corum? Do you think he gets drafted fairly high? Um, I would say probably top three round. I don't think he's some phenomenal. I he'll probably do good in the pros, but I don't, he's a good I don't, be back like a second guy. Yeah, I mean, like a you think of him as a guy to go, kind of a power, power type of guy to go with a speed guy. I don't think he's an every down yeah. guy, to be honest. In the NFL, I think he's kind of small for that. But I think I'd see him being like a third or or a fourth rounder. And then about our favorite khaki, Jimmy. Where does he go? Do you think he goes to the Chargers? Chargers. I I, I think you book it. He's a, the odds on favorite now. Yeah, I can job. I can definitely see that. All right, any other hodgepodge mailbag from you? Nope. All right. Now a word from our presenting sponsor, Team Anders Realty will help you find the home that fits your wants and needs, and they make the process simple and fun along the way. The Anders have served thousands of clients for 30-plus years in the West Michigan area and are here to serve you today. Learn more at teamanders.com. All right, we've got to stay on the mom clock and go a little bit shorter here. So State of Michigan State Hoops and Football. Um, New football really quick. Yeah, go. So, you, there's not a ton. You talk but, there. Um, Zion Young, um, 
doing in Missouri um, from the portal. He was in the Michigan State was trying to get him back. He's going to Missouri. That's that's a loss, but it's okay. Um, you have some good guys coming in. Um, we'll build. Um, Michigan State hire makes their final hire for their uh, last coaching position. Demetrius Martin, a name you would know, um, former Spartan. Um, player, um, cornerback. He was at Oregon as their DBs and pass game coordinator. Um, that's a big time get for Michigan State, man. Um, he's an ace recruiter. Yeah, he was there when um, I was there. Michigan State. Yeah. yeah, I mean, pretty young guy. I mean, this staff is this is a legitimate staff. Yeah, I mean, this you you sent me. I think really this, good. I'm looking at the tweet that you sent me to see because I think it had some of that. 1994 All Big Ten first team. I think you said that. 15 years as a DB's coach. So he's very experienced 28 four-star commits. He's worked for guys like Pete Carroll too. I mean, and he's a Michigan he state guy. So he, even though he's been on the West coast for a while, he's a Michigan state guy. So he's like a Hawk, right? Like he's a, he's a guy that has love for Michigan state. And I just think that's invaluable just because he can sell the recruits on. This is what it's like to play at, at Michigan state. This is what it's like to play at a big 10 school. So I think that's, that's really good for Michigan state. Yeah, that's, yeah, Coach Smith has um, done a really good job so far. I've, I've been very impressed. Um, I'm looking forward to Michigan State football um, here coming up in, what is that now, eight, seven, eight months, seven, seven and a half months? Yeah, in spring football, if you pay attention to that, I really don't care about it. but Whatever, I'm something, something um, to talk about. All right, so let me ask this before we talk about the week that was. Obviously, since we last talked, we lost to Illinois in a game we really probably should have and could have could have won, should have probably won, and then smoked Rutgers and played really well there. Um, Steven Izzo, where does that moment rank in Michigan State walk-on history? And here's a couple of other ones that I'm going to give you. My boy Cherry for the three on Mateen's record breaker in that slaughter of Michigan, or Bograkos, the improbable, as Verm would say, the sixth guy against that would Kentucky. take the shot against Kentucky on the road at Rupp. I mean, I think those two are like Cherry's is well, historic for Mateen. And Goins made the three against Duke. Oh yeah, that's true. That's right. He was he was a former walk-on at that point in time. But I think for like true walk-on walk-ons, like that moment. Was I? I'm just going off of your reaction. Your reaction alone was like we had won the natty, and I mean, I think that's it. Looked like the how the players responded. That's how the crowd responded. Um, you know, look, Stephen Izzo is no more than five six. I don't care of what the what the <laughs> roster says. He no, put a good too. move on that guy, made a tough shot, and made the free throw. I mean, for a, just a true like a real walk on, not like some preferred walk on, not a. Not a guy who earns a scholarship. I'm talking about just a guy who's on the roster as a walk-on. He didn't even – he hardly played in high school. So put that in context. You know, like I, I think that was – it was a pretty awesome walk-on moment for sure. I think it goes right up there for different reasons than Cherry and Bagracos and Goins and whatever else. Because I think Bagracos was probably on scholarship at that point in time too. But Yeah, that was, that was really cool. But, yeah, um, Michigan State Thursday – just made too many stupid plays that too many mental lapses that cost them that game. They played pretty well, honestly. Like Illinois is a really good team. Um, just some stupid things here and there, and not boxing out, not grabbing the ball, not making the right pass. I mean, that cost you in these games, and that cost them in that game because if, if they make those plays, they probably win that game by five, six points. Yeah. Um, and you're looking at a whole, you know, a, a, having a different feeling coming out of there, but. I mean, that's positive. I mean, Illinois has been playing really well. Um, 
especially I mean, it's hard to win there. We haven't won there in a while. Um, but yeah, that was kind of tough. And Rutgers kind of not good for the first 24 minutes and then turned it on the last 16, played really well. Um, that, that's been the story with this team all year is, you know, you see these glimpses where like, holy hell, like this team could beat anybody by 15 points. Then you see the team um, that played the James Madison game, the team that played Northwestern, uh, Nebraska, Wisconsin, mm-hmm. Northwestern, where you're like, uh, you, uh, you might lose to the worst team on Ken Palm. Um, it, it's just a, been a roller coaster. You got to find consistency. Um, they're starting to become more consistent. I think um, Michigan State's unsung hero. I think I said this last week, but their unsung hero this year has been Trey Holloman. Um, oh, yeah, for he's sure. Been, he's been phenomenal. He, he, we thought he wasn't a shooter. Um, he's making shots now. Um, he leads the country in assist to turnover ratio. Um, he's getting. He's developing as a defender. He's a good leader. Um, he has fun out there. He's fun to watch. He's he's a really smart basketball player. Um, he's on his way. He hustles. Yeah, I mean, he pulls the trigger. And you you and I said this the other day. Like we we talked about with fears coming in. Is Holloman going to maybe redshirt? Is he going to be odd man out? And yeah. I think he kind of struggled a little bit in that transition where he had to start taking a little bit more on the ball with fears being out because he was really playing a little bit more too when fears was in the game and they were in together. Um, And he's kind of blended back into that. Um, He and Carr are my favorite players. Like Carr is just electric to watch, but he's just, he's so unassuming. Like he doesn't showboat. Um, He just goes out there and he hustles. And if he gets pulled for making a mistake, you don't see him complaining. You don't see him, you know, brooding on the bench. And to to his credit, Booker doesn't either. Like Booker doesn't get a, a ton of opportunities. He made a nice three the other day against Rutgers in kind of garbage time. But, um, I still think that the problem that I have is that this team with all of its seniors should not deal with inconsistency. I mean, I get basketball is a game of runs, but Michigan State just can't choose to be good for 16 minutes a game and be average to crappy for 24 minutes. It's just that's not going to get you what you need to win in the Big Ten, to get a good seed in the tournament, and to, to, to advance. Can an A.J. Hogard take this team fairly far? Maybe, but I still watch him off the ball. Like I am, I ask anybody who's a Michigan State fan that listens to this that doesn't and wonders why I hate AJ so much, just ISO on him at some point in time. Just watch him for a few minutes of the game, or, or go back and watch it after the fact if you don't want to do it real time, and just watch him. His body language, how often he jogs, he'll jaw at the crowd, but then he gets beat on the other end. Like he just makes too many fundamental point guard mistakes for a guy that's a senior that should be really good. Can he be really good? Can he make big plays? Is he finishing at the rim a little bit better at times? Can he make the free throws? Yes, his defense is horrible, though, and I just think he's such a poor leader. Tyson Walker is is going to get worn down if Michigan State isn't careful, and that's my fear with him um, because teams are bodying the hell out of him. You know, I think that was a little bit of his struggle, and he got in foul trouble against Illinois. And, and he's the true bona fide scorer. Like, Holloman's picking up some of those pieces – Hall is just an enigma, right? Like he was horrible against Northwestern, and then actually played, games in a row, he's played pretty pretty well. pretty well again against um, both Illinois and Rutgers. We said it the other day, like they went to Hall right away. And the thing is, is if he makes that first shot, he takes off, and if he misses it, that's a big gamble because if he misses it, oh boy, it's a struggle. And the thing is, is he's the type of player that if his shot's not falling, he can still impact the game on rebounding and defense. I would like to see him do that more. I think Akins is playing a little bit. Better, I still think sometimes he starts to get a, do the heat check a little too soon for my liking. Um, but like 
Michigan State's got a pretty favorable schedule coming up. Nothing's a given at all. Um, you know, minus Wisconsin here in the next five games, Michigan State really should probably be favored in most of their next 11. I'm not saying they're going to go. They're favored in every game except for per the analytics people per, I mean, yeah. every game and except There's for no Wisconsin. way they're going to go 10-1 and one in that stretch, but it's a good opportunity for this team to really kind of prove it out with consistency. And I need to, I need to see that. I need to see Madi, you know, continuing to hustle, Cooper continuing to hustle and do some good things. Um, but I need to see it all the time. I need to see it with consistency. Kohler looked a little better the other day. Yeah. Um, and he'll get his Rutgers. legs back. I just still, I, th- I just think, is it worth the sacrifice? Now, if Michigan state makes a run and he becomes a key part of it, you can t- all tell me, I told you so Andy, but I, I, do, I don't know. I'm not convinced yet that this is a team that can make a run. And so my, I would contend, is he really – because he's not going to make a difference on defense. On offense, yeah, he had the one good post move. He's got a repertoire. What do they call him? The, you know, the big footwork or whatever. Um, and as he gets his legs and his wind back, he'll do better. But then Izzo needs to play him a little bit more as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. He played him a long stint on um, Sunday. I think he put like six minutes in a row without coming out. Yeah, which is good. Um, we're we're going to need we're gonna need that to get true post scoring. So. Yeah, definitely need it. Um, well, anything? Else? I don't think there's anything else. I'll, I, we have this. I saw this on the on three message board, and it, it made me want to talk about. It. I, unless you have anything else. No, I, I'm good. Once no. we can jump into this, um, very fun question. I think that I've had this conversation with people before, but I thought we'd discuss it here. The all-time, in air quotations, no offense team for Tom, under Tom Izzo at Michigan State. I mean, there's a. There's a handful of guys you can throw in that in that loop. Um, the guy, you know, guys that just had limitations offensively, couldn't shoot, um, just didn't score at all, weren't a threat. Um, there, there've been a, a, a decent amount, actually. I feel like in my lifetime um, that I've seen. Um, do you have any that really stick out to you? No, I mean, I was starting to look back at rosters and trying to think of like, was there anybody just like was a flat out struggle bus like Pierre Brooks was he struggled a little bit but it's not because he couldn't score I just think he struggled to shoot Max Christie was the same like I thought he was a horrible shooter but he clearly could score I mean I think any any of a long line of bigs like Ebok, Smadi, Ebok, Sissoko um, yeah one that really stayed under under the radar terrible offense Thomas Kidder, what did he ever do? <laughs> I thought about him. He, he had he, moments, he, he but yeah. Make a layup. He, he wouldn't do anything other than that. How about your old boy who transferred to Notre Dame? Not Garrett Sherman. Garrett Sherman? No, no, not him. He was a good scorer. Other guy. Um, no, maybe he didn't transfer to Notre Dame. Maybe he just left early. He was from Eaton Rapids, number two. Alex Gumpy Gumpy. Yeah, Ghana. He was terrible. Yeah. Um, I had him on my list. Um, Tum Tum. Oh, oh yeah, Tom Tom was he was not Tom a good Tom offensive was, player. Uh, yeah. Great a leader, leader, great defensive player. Yeah. Uh, he was so bad. Um how about this one? This this is a PTSD for a lot of those Michigan State fans out there. Ben Carter. Throw him in the middle of the oh, zone against Syracuse. Syracuse, yeah, that's a bad memory. That is a bad, bad memory. Colby Wolleman. <laughs> he was a former walk on, but yeah, yeah. That dude's arms were like twelve feet. He was like Kevin McHale. Yeah, he, he was very long. Javon Bess, um, if you remember that name, he mm-hmm. was he ended up going to St. Louis. Yeah. yeah, he was horrid on offense. Um, Russell Bird, 
Oh, yeah, Russell Bird. He was no dice with the lights on. He was horrid. Um, who else could you put in there? I mean, Tom Herzog, if you remember that. <laughs> yeah, I remember Tom. Pretty terrible. Yeah. We didn't really had a ton of guards, though. I feel like they couldn't. Guard, no. Tom Tom was but he got to play because he was such a good defender and a game changer on the floor. But, yeah, you would shy off of him. And even for a while, I mean, people thought about that about Travis Walton, and then he won us a game in the tournament against USC I mean, he, when they played Triangle too. If you, if I mean, I, this is when I was young, but I remember he his freshman year. He when we were hardly a tournament team, that he was asked to score a decent amount when he was when his headband Travis. He he could score. Yeah, and he wasn't a year. he wasn't an offense first guy as his career no, went on because he was a such a good defender, but he could score. Leader. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He wasn't bad. Um, Drew Namick, maybe. Great shot blocker, but not a great scorer. Yeah, a lot of commonality there is the big guys. No, big Al, oh, this is before you, Aloysius Santagane, a walking foul, good defender, not really a good scorer. Yeah, I, I, 25. Anyone else from early Izzo years that was bad at offense? I, I, don't, I don't remember that. Pretty much every, well... Yeah, <laughs> his first two years we were not very good. I mean, we were NIT, but th- those were struggling teams. Honestly, Thomas Kelly, I struggled with. He, I don't think he was very. He was supposed to be, and he never really amounted to much. He was, he was an okay point guard, but say Dolman. Dolman, I mean, yeah, for for what he was as a career scorer in high school, yeah, he wasn't all that all that special. That's for sure. No, I, I think Izzo thought he was going to be some, like, shooting wizard Drew Neitzel 2.0, and he didn't do anything. Now we got, by the way, Caitlin Clark that calls for a foul every time she touches the ball. Like, come on. Whatever. Uh, she's Ridiculous. gotten too big for Too her big bridges. for britches with all of her commercials and stuff. Uh-huh. All right, moving on to spot yeah. five. Little NFL. Oh, yeah, what a super wild card weekend wasn't so super um, unless um, the only good game is the Lions game. We'll, we'll do that last. Yeah. Um, let's start with the, I guess, the Browns, te- Texans. Holy crap. That, I didn't see that one coming. No, I did not either. Um, Texans, Texans just throttled them. They're fun. Funny, the combo, Stroud to, to Nico, that's a Michigan and Ohio State guy that are hooking up and – and doing it well, I think that they can. I think they can battle with Baltimore this weekend. They're they're yeah, fun to watch. I, I agree. I like I like D'Amico Ryan's a lot. He's a really good coach. Um, he's done a nice job with with them. Um, you know what pisses me was, off is like Stroud always. As soon as he does an interview, it reminds me of Tebow. Reminds me of Kurt Warner and others too. Like first thing he does is you know give praise and glory to God. And NBC cut that out of his because uh, I remember watching and I'm like. Why did he always says that? Why? Why didn't? And then I saw later that they cut it out of his out of his interview. Of course, like, they did. like they delayed that to cut that out. Like that's sickening. Give me yeah. a break. Well, not surprising. But yeah, Texans. Texans looked really good. Um, you know, Chief, the Dolphins struggled. At, but they've been struggling down oh, the down the down the way anyway. Weather, Tough game, cold they, weather. They were bad. They were bad. Yeah. In that game, and it's not like the Chiefs were world beaters in that game either. No. Um, that was that was awkward, um, but Mahomes again at home. He's really good, but, but he's got to go on the road now. So and no Taylor Swift. Thank the good Lord in heaven. I'm so tired of that garbage. Oh, 
it's it, the shtick is the gig is up. This is it's gotten ridiculous. Um, yes. It was ridiculous from the beginning, but now it's even worse because they every time that a hole Travis touches the ball, all they're showing is her clapping, whatever. It's just like okay, enough is enough. This is this is stupid. Mm. Um, but yeah, the Bucks uh, uh, they folded down the stretch. Not great. Um, then we go to the Buffalo game gets moved to Monday. Stupid. Um, first game, Cowboys Packers. We both picked Cowboys. Good Lord, were we wrong? Wow. Packers, private. Packers own the Cowboys in the postseason and the regular season, especially in Dallas. And I, I mean, I gotta say, like, did the Packers strike gold on another quarterback? I mean, they might have. I mean, Seems he's got like a that's a that's the youngest team in the NFL, and they looked pretty dang good. They, uh, we were lamenting when they, they lost, when they beat the Lions on Thanksgiving, but that's actually not a bad loss when you look back. No, I mean they're they're for real. They, they're really good. Um, I, I wouldn't want to play them right now. Forty um, ers get to play them. Should be fun for them. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. Screw Dallas, though. I hate them. Um, that's that's just karma. That's what it is. Um, Dak Prescott, I've, I've said all he's not good. Um, Mike McCarthy's a horrible coach, um, and and it showed again. Best thing that I saw that to relate this for the Cowboys, and this is the last thing I'll say about the Cowboys is, I finally figured out what their logo means. It's a rating, as in one star. Yeah, exactly. They st- they stink. They never perform. Mm-hmm. They haven't done. It's karma too for the way that the NFL helped them get the win against the Lions. It's karma. Hundred percent, and they honestly they haven't done anything in the playoffs since the Lions last did before they did the other day. Right, they're Aikman that was days. The last time they did anything, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. it's been yep. a long time. Yeah, um, but screw them. We'll, we'll do Lions last. I said uh, Bills Steelers. Um, I didn't really watch a ton of it. Um, the Steelers were challenged offensively. Um, Bills, they're looking a lot better. Their defense is really solid. Um, Allen's a little sporadic for my liking, but he's, he's still really good, um, in, in spurts. Um, I don't, I don't really have anything else on that. He was sure good yesterday. I mean, he had four total touchdowns and no turnovers. So, um, yeah, in, you know, a lot of these things open up intriguing coaching things. You know, Jim Nance said that he kind of put a little bit of the rumor mill to rest that Tomlin, because he only signs like two-year contracts, that he was going to retire. He's only 51 years old. Yeah, he's, he's young. And, and he's never had a losing season. And I think that, you know, given that they were on their third quarterback in Rudolph, like, you know, they've got some pieces and parts there with a good draft. They, you know, they're going to be right up there. And they played in a great division. Um, so, you know, yeah, Steelers best. had a good season. I, I think the Bills are right now the team to beat. Um even ahead of the Ravens, I just think that they're on a hot streak right now, and sometimes it's who's hot win. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I, I want to say it's a surprise, but now I don't think it is. The Bucks smoke the Eagles. The Eagles were the start off ten and one. Everyone's like, "Oh, they're Super Bowl favorite, Super Bowl favorite." Good lord, did they implode? Imploded, they yeah. sucked. Yeah, they sucked. And Tampa Bay did it without really a running game per se. Like their running game has been mediocre at best all year which means Baker Mayfield has to make plays. And he got away with a couple last night. There were a couple sure th- interceptions that Philly dropped that might have changed the course of that game. Um, 
But Tampa's got a really good defense. They stopped whether there was a penalty or not. They they they're two of the only three stops of the brotherly shove all year. Um, That's crazy. Yeah, pretty crazy. Zero for eight on third down were the Eagles. I mean, and their defense was terrible. Shocking, Matt. Patricia's defense. Sucked. Oh yeah, why pencil up your ass? <laughs> totally. I mean, even mom, mom said, "Isn't that the isn't that the dumbass that ruined the Lions for a few years?" And I'm like, like "Yep." He was, he was that guy's a. He's and, a and look, it hurt them that uh, AJ Brown didn't play, and he was their top target all year. I mean, Devontae Smith is obviously really good, but um, and then uh, what's his name? They're that they brought in. Why is his name escaping me? Alabama guy. Wide receiver, yeah, went out with a concussion, and they really only had one receiver, then two tight ends after that. So, like, they didn't do many favors. But look, like you said it all year, DeAndre Swift. I would rather have what the Lions have, and you were not wrong because he was a non-factor in that game. Oh, shocking! DeAndre Swift is average. Who would have, who would have known? Not me. Um, yeah, that embarrassing for the Eagles. I'm sorry to my. Friends that if they like the Eagles, my friend Paul, um, shout out Portland, Maine, Shamrock Sports. I know he's a big Eagles guy. He's got to be disappointed because um, he thought they were a Super Bowl team. Yeah. Um, let's let's talk about the big one though. Um, the street SOL garbage burn it. It's gone. It's gone. We did it. We accomplished what we've asked the Lions to do. We won the division. Won a home playoff game. Um, beat Stafford, um, beat a Rams team that was playing really well, two all-pro receivers, um, a, a great quarterback, um, one of the best defensive linemen to ever do it. Um, the Lions did it. Um, tried to give it away, but the defense held tall when they had to. Um, the offense in the first half was humming, kind of got stacked up in the second half and made the plays when they had to. Um, Dan Campbell, um, Throw, everyone else in the NFL would run on second and nine, and we threw it, got the first down, ball game, um, insane. That that was like euphoric. That was like winning the Super Bowl. Um, that was crazy. That was just crazy. yeah. It, it was nuts. It was lots of good stories coming out of that. I mean, it was definitely a feel good moment. And look, the Lions still have work to do. Like, I won't accept yeah. that that's it because I think that they're a good enough no. team to. They're a good enough team to, you know. To, to get to Super Bowl Sunday. I you know, don't think that they're necessarily better than the 49ers, but they're good enough to beat the teams that are left. Given Sunday. Yeah. So, I mean, I think, you know, Goff gets a lot of credit because obviously, look, I'll ask you this question. If Stafford, if, if the teams could be exactly the same as they are and the only thing that you did was you, you still could have Stafford instead of Goff. So you have all the guys that you picked up because of the trade. That's very hypothetical. But would you take Stafford over Goff? I honestly, I mean, they're both really good. The way that Jared Goff has played um, the last four weeks of the season, I'd probably take Goff. I, I mean, Stafford is, is awesome. I think if for a long-term thing, uh, I would definitely say would have said Stafford a few years ago. But Goff has been a top seven or eight quarterback by statistic-wise in the NFL in the last two seasons. Yeah, he's steady. It, he's just been, it would be interesting phenomenal. to see – what Stafford would have been able to do with that kind of an offensive line. Obviously, he had otherworldly talent in in Megatron, but like good receivers, which he has with the Rams, obviously. Um, A great running game, and the defense is still a little sus. They're really good against the run. They're going to continue to get better against the pass, but 
Yeah, I think that's just an interesting question. I thought, you know, Stafford maybe being a little bit of a butthurt baby for shunning the fans in his post game. Like, I'm really happy for the players. I get it. You're mad. The fans booed you. But what do you expect? Your public enemy, number one, they're going to be the same fans that welcome you back. When you go up in the ring of honor, they're going to welcome you back like you're a hero, right? Like, they don't hate you forever. They hate you because you were the enemy. So, I just, whatever. But I also, I'm going to say this. Non, you know, non-affiliated concussion doctor. What were you doing? Because oh my God, dude's eyes rolled back in his head, and his head slammed hard. Oh, I'm he sorry, maybe he passed whatever was going on in the blue tent, but I, he wasn't right after yeah, that. Right. And whether you want to call that roughing or not, you know, the only the only quarterback that routinely gets that called is Mahomes. It's not roughing against anybody else, so you can call it whatever you want to call it, but. Um, that made a difference. It, look, not that they would have won with Wentz coming in after that, but um, yeah, just th- that was interesting to me. But I just I was really impressed with the Lions. I thought you know three red zone field goals is what they held them to, which was huge. That was the difference. So their defense yeah, is a little bit of like you break. said, Ben don't break. The Michigan State Ben don't break. So um, you know I think I think that's huge. I think it's also better, honestly. I mean, the way the Eagles were playing, it would have been a fine matchup for the Lions, but a quarterback like Mayfield scares me a lot less than a quarterback like Hurts even dinged up. So yep. I think that's a good matchup. Obviously, the Lions already beat them, and they beat them without a cachet of their of best players. players. Um, and it doesn't mean it's a gimme, right? Tampa won for a reason. They slammed the Eagles for a reason. But um, real quick, you want to pick the games this weekend? Yeah, real quick, one last thing on that game. Um, what that means to the city of Detroit and its fans—that's um, second to none. That's that's as good as it's gonna, as good as it gets um, for the city. So, big time. Resto- Roar has been restored finally. Been wanting that for twenty-four, almost twenty-five years. So, um, feels good. Um, but yeah, picks. Um, Ravens versus Texans. I'm gonna go Ravens. I think it'll be close though. I think Lamar finally gets to the AFC championship game here. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think that I think they win. I think the Bills beat the Chiefs. Yeah, I'm going Bills too. Um, I, I think they're playing really I hope they curb stop. I'm tired of the Chiefs. Um, 49ers, Packers. I think this would be a good game. Ten points in spread. I think that the Packers are going to cover that. Um, they've been they've impressed me, but I think they had a few key injuries um, on set or on Sunday. Um, I think might bite them. Um, I, I think the 49ers win this game like 20, like 30 to like 21 or something like that. Packers hardly cover. They'll, they'll stick with them. Um, I think it'll be a good game, but 49ers um, will prevail and um, move on to the NFC Championship. Um, yeah, I agree with that. I wouldn't wouldn't surprise me to see the Packers win just because they're playing. They're pretty hot right now, but I think the 49ers will win. I think the 49ers are the best remaining team. Yeah. Lions Bucks. Um, I'm going Lions. Twenty-seven Bucks. Thirteen late Lions touchdown puts it away. Um, Lions going to the NFC Championship. One win away from a Super Bowl berth. Yep, I could see the same thing. I don't know about score. I'll have to think about it a little bit. Um, I'll go. I'll go twenty-eight seventeen. All right, I like it. Um, all right, uh, let's move on to sprint. Um, last thing here. Um, Saw this on Golf Digest. What golf event would you want tickets to for the rest of your life? Hmm, that's a good one. Uh, 
it'd be hard to say no to Augusta. Yeah, I said Augusta as well. This is rhetorical, but has officiating officially ruined college basketball? The product of college basketball. Yes. I agree. Yeah, over the last several years, too. I, it's This year's the worst I've ever seen it. All the reviews, like we talked about earlier. Um, best, uh, favorite, I guess, favorite wing flavor. Oh, lately, I, the score, I'm making the hot honey. Like, usually something that's like a little hot and sweet. That's what I'm going for. Yeah. So, like, like a hot a, honey. Like an Asian zing from, mm-hmm. uh, from uh, a Buffalo Wild Wings is my favorite. Or Parmesan garlic. That's usually up there, too. Um, biggest win for a Detroit sports team since? Oh, man. Biggest win for a Detroit sports team Either since the last time the Lions won a playoff game at home, or maybe I'll even say since the Tigers won the World Series in '84, because you like Red Wings have a lot of big fans, the Pistons have fans, but there are way more, I would argue, more Lions and more Tigers fans than either of those two. Baseball yes. and football are just not quite as niche as pro basketball and, and NHL. So I would say since either that win at home in '90, early '92, or uh, the the World Series. Yeah, um, I, I'm gonna say that's the biggest Detroit sports win since Maglio Ordonez had a walk off mm. to send the Tigers to the World Series for, for the first time in 22 years. That was big, uh, yeah. O- over the A's in 2006, um, I remember that. Yep. So that's mine. But I mean, you could do. I mean, the Wings have won a couple cups in my life. Um, Pistons won in '04. But I don't remember that. Um, and then obviously the Lions playoff. I mean, that's huge back in the day. But this one, I think, is tops for sure. Um, means a lot. All right. That is uh, this pod. We appreciate you guys listening. Let us know if you want us to discuss anything else um, next week or in, in the coming weeks. Um, but we appreciate you guys listening. Stay warm out there. And also, um, roll Dutch tomorrow over the nights. It's going to be an off night um, at Van Nord Arena. Yeah, got to go. Let's go hope. Um, Meanwhile, I'm going to go a little different direction with a quote. As comedic genius Leslie Nielsen once said, like a midget at a urinal, I was going to have to stay on my toes.